But we've been in a series for the last few weeks called If Then, and it's coming from Scripture. It's coming from some of Jesus' statements, some statements from the Old Testament, where it says, if you do this, then this will happen. Or if you do this, then God will do this. And as we close this uh, series today, um, I've been trying very hard each week to try to apply this message to where we are individually, what we're walking through, challenges that we're facing, whether it's in our jobs, in our finances, in our marriages, with our children, with each other, with forgiveness, uh, loving each other, learning how to deal with our neighbor and that sort of thing. But, you know, as, as I prayed about this one, you know, I kind of had this question rolling around in my mind, who am I fighting? Do you ever find yourself in life and just start wondering, man, it seems like everything's coming against me. Who am I fighting? What am I up against? What am I really facing? And who's with me? You ever hear that statement? Who's with me? Do you ever wonder in your own life or do you feel like no one is on your team or that the people that are on your team are the people that you'd probably rather wouldn't be on your team? Can anybody relate? Do you feel like that everything and everyone is fighting against you? About the time you get ahead, something knocks you right back down. Well, I hope you can relate because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? So as I look at this scripture and as I've been studying this week, I want you to catch the main point of this scripture. The main point is not if God's for us and who can be against us. The main part is God is for us. We can easily just say the statement, but never apply it to me. Never apply it to you. God is for you. You may be sitting on the fence today and have not received Christ as your Lord and Savior. You may even be an atheist or an agnostic. Whatever term you have, I want you to know one thing is for sure. God is for you. Your receiving him does not affect this scripture. God created you. God is for you. But now you're going to have a choice today to walk out of here differently or walk out the same. You know, as, uh, as, as students come to, to the high school, they go into a class with, the, with an option of either learning what's being taught or just going through the motions and taking the test and getting the grade. Now, I've done both. I've learned in some classes and I've just gotten through the class. Can anybody agree? How many here has gotten a message before that applied to your marriage and you heard it and it was pretty good, but you didn't apply it. So no change ever took place in your marriage. You're going to get a chance today to make a turn, to make a change. But what's great about it is it's your choice. No one's going to make you do anything. No pressure. You try to force me to do something, I'm going to push the other way. No one's forcing you. Amen? If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, who's God? This God that Paul's talking about is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This is the God of Elijah and Elisha. It's the God of David and Moses and Jonah. It's the God of miracles and wonders. 
It's the all-powerful, strong in battle, the name above all names, the God who, when he comes in contact with the hills, they melt like wax. What do you face? This is the God that is for me. This is the God who delivered the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt. This is the God who Pastor Justin referred to this morning, the God who heals, the God who restores, the God who forgives, the God who provides, the God who is here, the God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the creator of the universe. Scripture tells us that he holds the universe in the palm of his hand. This is the God that is for me. This is the God that is for you. God is for you. Say, God is for me. God is for me. The Bible tells me so. <laughs> the creator of the universe, the God who saved Daniel from the lion's den. I can't quite do it like the movie reference, but hopefully you get it. The God who saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from in the fire. He didn't, he didn't save them and make them not go in the fire. They went in the fire. He saved them in the fire. They came out and their hair had, didn't even have a smell of a singe. You may say, I don't know this God you're talking about. Great. Come next week. And the next week. Come learn about God here. We'll help teach you. We'll help teach you. Get around other people in this church. They'll help teach you who God is. Because if you don't know God, man, you're wandering around completely lost. You just don't know it. Ooh, I could hear a pin drop with that one. Are, are y'all here? You just told me I was lost. Well, I'm trying to help you. I was lost, now I'm found. I was blind and now I see. God is for me. Who could be against me? Well, I want to ask you, what are you facing? And I want to encourage you and I want to relate to you. What you're facing is tough. It's real. It's not made up. There are real giants in your land. But I want you to know if God is for you, there is hope for you. And this is not some kind of 30-minute hope where you come in here and feel good and then you go home back to tor a torturing life. This is a hope that will follow you home. We'll stick with you. We'll walk with you and will not fail you. God's hope does not fail. You may not know that hope. Well, I'm here today to offer you that hope. You're not here by mistake. You're here on purpose for a purpose, to give you hope, the hope that you're not alone, the hope that you can make it through today. Someone here today got up wondering if you could make it through the day. I want you to know that there is hope for you. What are you facing? Bankruptcy, divorce, jail, no job, no future, no plan, or the plan that you have seems disastrous, what are you facing? There's hope for you. There's hope for you. If, everybody say if. If, if is the key. If. If. If what? 
If you change, if you turn, and I'm going to show you how to do that. Turn from what, pastor? Turn from me. Turn from you. Turn from your spouse. I don't mean turn from your spouse. I don't mean go break up. I mean, but your spouse cannot be your God. Your kids, your stuff, your addiction, your sin. What is it? We've got to turn today. Today requires a turn. Yogi Berra said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. When God gives you a way out, take it. When someone offers you hope, true hope and truth, take it. Walk in it. If you introduce change, but the correct change. If I turn from the direction I'm going and turn to God, to his word, to his instruction, to his spirit. If you do that, there is hope. I'm going to show you Jeremiah 29, 11. You know this. I'm going to show you a little bit more though. For I know the plans I have for you. Now, church on the hill, saved, unsaved, wherever you land, I want you to apply this to you just this morning, just right now, just for this moment. God is saying, for I know the plans. God knows the plans he has for you. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and pray to me and I, God, will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you to exile. Now, Today, you have a chance to pick a team. Do you remember in kindergarten or early elementary age when you would go out on the playground and someone would throw a kickball out there and all of a sudden two captains pop up and say, I'll be a captain, I'll be a captain, and you start picking teams? I mean, it's, it's torturing. Am I going to get picked? Am I going to be that guy that's odd that doesn't get picked? You know, it's, it's just rejection at its core right there. In kindergarten, welcome, children, to rejection. I mean, do you not show up at work at your first day of work and you know you're just thinking, man, it just feels like rejection everywhere I go. You show up at church, I wonder if anyone will speak to me. I wonder if the pastor will even look at me. You know, it's, we, we, we are set up in our world for rejection. Now, I hope you come to church on the hill and you felt loved. That's our goal, is to love on you. Not to judge you. You come in here with a big pile of junk. Well, look at the guy next to you. So does he. <laughs> Stay away from the front pew because we're all full of baggage. Amen. Have you ever gotten on an airplane and couldn't find a place to put your luggage? That's us. But I can tell you, my baggage is lost. It's gone. It's behind the cross. It's been paid for. God paid for my baggage. He continues to. I don't know. I don't know that this would preach or I don't know how this would go, but God's good at losing that luggage. He doesn't remember it. We do. 
He doesn't. Remember that thing I did, God? No, I don't. I paid for that. That was paid for. Why are you still living there? Move on. What have you walked in here? What kind of baggage have you walked into here with? I want you to know it's paid for. Paid for. You just need to take the ticket. You just need to receive it. Okay, where was I? Plans. Pick a team. Whose team are you on? Is it God's team or is it not God's team? There's only two. There's not five teams to pick. There's two. God's and not God's. But by the way, BTW, (laughs) older people, that means by the way, God already picked you. You're not stuck stranded over here unpicked. You've already been picked. He created you in his image, in his likeness for a reason, for a purpose, with a plan in mind to bless you and not to curse you, to save you and not to abandon you, to love you. He's already picked, but you've got to pick a team. You've got to pick God's team. God is for you. So if God is for us, then what do we get? What's the perks? I like to know who I'm playing with to know, do I have a chance of winning? You ever gotten picked by someone that you know is going to lose? <laughs> and you kind of hide behind your buddies? And then it's the other person's turn? Yes. Have you ever been put in a, a room where they do that one, two, one, two, one, two, and all the ones go stand over there, and all of a sudden you're like, What do we get? What's the word of God tell us? It says in, uh, did I not show you all the last verse? Shoot. Psalm 91. Let's go there. If you say the Lord is my refuge. Now, can you put two and two together? If you say that God is your God. If you walk out this thing with God according to his word that he is in your heart and you are following him. If you say that the Lord is my refuge and you make him make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. It doesn't say that no harm will come to you. Things will come and try to take you out, but no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Now, listen, challenges come. Someone's lying to you if they tell you once you get saved, you will have no more problems ever. That's not true. That would be nice, but it's not true. How many here have had challenges since you gave your life to Christ? How many of you have had challenges this morning? How many have had challenges since you've been sitting in your pew? How many have had, no, I'm not going to go there. How many have had challenges since I've been preaching? Okay. They create problems, but they're not so big that they can overtake you. They can't. They they won't even knock you off course. God says he'll send his angels to pick you up, to take care of you, to make sure that you don't miss the step. It says in Psalm 37 that the Lord directs the path of the godly. God wants to be involved in my every step. 
He is on the hook for me for every one of my steps. He is on the hook for every one of your steps. No harm, no disaster. But you may say, well, pastor, you don't know what I'm facing. This sin that I'm in, this stronghold that's got me, I cannot get free of it. Okay, let's go there. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Sin no longer is your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. I want you to know that Jesus on the cross, once and for all, broke the power of sin over you, over those that receive him. So that power that, that sin has over your life, and you're a, you're a, a walking, uh, talking believer of Jesus Christ, you have given that sin your power. And you've got to take it back. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that is in you. And this sin that you're battling cannot take you out unless you let it. Now you do have that power to choose. God has given you a free will. You can choose to go back. You know what scripture says about those that get free of sin and then go back? It says, uh, as a dog returns to its vomit... So the fool returns to its folly. God has given you the ability to say no. Everybody say no. God has given you the ability and given you the power over sin. I'm not trying to say it's not hard. It is hard. You may need help. You may need encouragement. You may need other people. You may need to try and try and try and try, but just don't give up. You will overcome. It will not take you out if you don't quit. It says that it will not overcome you. Sin has no power. I want to tell you, Satan has no power. It says in John chapter 14, verse 30, this is Jesus speaking. I don't have much time to talk to you because the ruler of the world approaches. He has no power over me. If Christ is in me, the hope of glory, then I can apply that if Satan has no power over Christ, Christ is in me, Satan has no power over me. Amen. So let's apply that. You say, well, the devil made me do it. Have you ever heard that expression? Those that have Christ in them, the devil can't make you do it. You can choose. Satan did not do that. You did it. You make that choice. Just as easily as you made that choice to go in the wrong direction, you can make the choice to go in the right one. But you must choose. God has given you the power to choose and to say yes. He says in his word in Deuteronomy, today I set before you blessings and curses. You choose. You have the ability to choose blessing. You can, but you have to choose it. No more of the message of just coming in here and feeling good. No, you need to make some choices. The gospel is about choice. Jesus and your relationship to him is about choice. Your relationship to your wife, husbands is about choice. It's a decision that you're going to make. And you have the ability, husbands, to make great godly decisions within your marriage. Yeah, but you don't know my wife. Yeah, well, we don't know you. Yeah, right? 
You can do it. Let me show you this scripture. I just, read, I just referred to it. Colossians chapter 1. To them God has chosen to make known as Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now what I want you to know is, is that when you receive this hope and you receive this purpose and you get moving, what's going to happen is this hope that I'm talking about at Church on the Hill, you are going to take into your work. That hope is going to bust out of these walls and get into this city. Because the hope, the hope is not necessarily in this church building. The hope is in you. The hope's in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I feel like my preaching's way better than, the, than you're responding. Juanita. If I have received Christ as my Lord and Savior, then he is in me. Therefore, Satan has no power because Christ is in me. If Christ is in me, Satan isn't. So we need Christ. Thank you. So we need Christ in me. Okay, let's, let's take it a couple more steps forward. Um, my emotions have no power. We just saw earlier from uh, Psalm 91 that circumstances have no power. If you're getting tossed around by your circumstances, that is a terrible way to live. Circumstances have no power. But I want, I want you to hear me that no weapon, y'all know what a weapon is? It's a tool devised to hurt you. No weapon has any power over you. And this is the biggie. No word has power over you. Now let's look at that real quickly. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. Somebody here is on the fence of giving their heart to the Lord and you have been beaten down by words your whole life. Words have beaten you down. You have received, you've, people have spoken over you that have had influence over you, whether it's a parent or a teacher, a, heavy, a heavily influenced person that you've allowed to influence your life and they have spoken negatively over your whole life. And I want you to know you're about to get free. You are about to get free, so I want you to listen to me and, and just receive, just for a moment, just receive. It says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Now, I think that we're good at quoting this scripture, but I think we missed the bottom part. What's our part in every tongue that rises up against us? We condemn it. We have the power to turn it back around and send it back from where it came from. That doesn't mean if you come up and say something negative over me that I just vomit out a bunch of nasty words at you. No, I say, I, someone speaks over me, you'll never be any good. You'll never be a good preacher. You'll never have a good message. Man, look at your past. Look at what all you've done. I then take that up against God's word and say, that's a lie from the pit of hell. I am called by God. I do have a purpose. And you know what? It's my testimony that's gonna set somebody free. So those words that have been spoken over you, you need some truth to get into your heart. That the only truth is Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what you need is you just need some new programming. You need to understand what is true and what isn't true. And those words that were spoken over me weren't true, but I could have received them and been held down by them for my whole life if I desired. But I want you to know, it is my testimony that sets people free. 
It is by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. The things I went through wasn't good at the time, but it's going to be good for you to hear what I walked through and realize you can come out of that same thing. So what have you been through? You've gone through it to set someone else free. Number one, you need to get free. Hope. Number two, when you get on purpose, when you start purposefully living your life for Christ, your walk is going to help set someone else free. Now, can you see? You have value because of what you bring. Wait a minute. You mean that what I've walked through in my life has value? Yes, it does, because it is going to help someone else get over their stronghold. My junk has value? Yes, it does when used the right way. When your stuff becomes a testimony for God, you are going to help someone get free. But do you, you know when you're in the, uh, when you're in the uh, airplane and the, the lady's going through her spiel about how to do her buckle and nobody's listening and you know how to put the oxygen mask on your face, you know what they say is put the oxygen mask on your face first, then help the person next to you. Because if you're dead, you can't help anybody. You may still be walking out your testimony. Today's the day to turn. Today's the day to make it, to make it 180 on your testimony. On the hell of a life that you've lived, today's the day to turn it to heaven. Today's the day. One other thing I want you to know, if you're battling depression, anxiety, worry, if God is for us, none of those can take you out. It says that I am the light of the world and darkness cannot extinguish it. Darkness cannot stand in light. Light overcomes it. When you receive Christ, you receive the light of the world. And that darkness, even though you may be battling and you, it may take some time, it will go. Depression can't stay. Those that are battling right there, you may need to be prayed for today. We want to start, plant that seed of light, that seed of, of the word of truth, of hope in your heart. Because I know depression is a real thing and I know it's all over the place. And I've been there. As a spirit-filled, in the word of God, everyday person, I have gone down that road before. We can choose to make those, we can, we can make those choices. But I want you to know the same spirit that, that raised God from the dead was in me and helped me get out of where I was. Nothing you're faced with is too much to take that God can't take. If God is for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? I'm going to close with Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Let's go to it right here. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You know what that's saying? Who's stronger than God? Who can take on God? What are you facing? Because it feels like those are bigger than my God. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? Can, can the things you're challenging, the things that you're challenged with, could those be wrapped into that? Don't check out on me because the worship team's coming up here. 
Squirrel. God's trying to reach you. This is where we miss it. Don't miss it. Did you catch this? Trouble or hardship? Me. Me. Persecution or famine? Me. Nakedness? Well, okay. <laughs> Danger or sword? Can you relate? Everybody say yes. yes. No. <laughs> In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Those things you're walking through just got applied. They don't stand. They can't even stand in his presence. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor present nor future, nor any powers... Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that God, uh, that from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Christians, it's time to move out of a life of fear, to move out of this life of being intimidated by the world. It's time to move out of a, a life of worry about tomorrow. It's time to move out of a life of not trusting God who has all power and authority in this world. And it's it's time to start believing his word, what he says about us, that he is the king, that he is on our side. It says that, it it says in Romans 8, just after the scripture with God on my side, who, uh, who could be against us, it says, he who did not even spare his own son, but gave it up for all. How will he not also graciously give us all things? If he was willing to give us his son, he will give us the kingdom. He will give us the kingdom. Now I want to ask you, how are we going to make it through our life? How are we going to make it through our goals? How are we going to make it through our marriage, through raising our kids, through school, through our relationships? How are we going to make it with our finances? I want you to know the answer is God. God ruling and empowering in our lives through Christ who has total access to our hearts and to our minds. Does he rule in you today? It's why you were created. You were created to fulfill a purpose that God has for you. And you can make that decision today. Now, if you're on the fence, if you're still not ready to to buy into that, I've got a great testimony for you today. We all just take a look at the screen.